0: All right, welcome back to Enlighten. Today, I have a co-host named Randy. He is my girlfriend's neighbor. I'm going to let him introduce himself real quick. Today's episode is going to be called, Who Do You Think You Are? It's kind of just going to touch up on a few things about perception and reality and how you view yourself, how people view you, and then back to how you kind of see the world within that. So, here's Randy to introduce himself.
1: Yep, my name's Randy. I... Uh I grew up in Las Vegas. I had a fast-paced life. Uh, spent a couple years in the army. Spent a year and a half in Afghanistan. In that time, I I took that that boredom, that that vast empty void in my life to figure out who I am, what I wanted, and where I wanted to be. And since then, I've just been chipping away at the little rough edges around around what I wanted or what I want to see myself as. So well i hope you kind of enjoy this or get you thinking at least let's it's, inspire you a little bit. So, a little bit on that
0: is I'm kind of the same way even though I haven't, I got a different kind of background but I've always been a hard worker which I feel like puts me in the same kind of mindset that Randy's going to go into of feeling like no matter what you do once you push yourself to do certain things it's just kind of easy every challenge you set for yourself because you break it down to certain points you break down that challenge to micro points and you learn about it and you learn your weakness and you just get over it when you have that mindset it's just easy no matter what challenge that is and with me like always coming out of work and being addicted to drugs and shit like that like i've always viewed myself as a very strong person no matter what that is even though i'm depressed sometimes and shit but i always just kind of walk through that tunnel and see the light at the end and i don't know it's just kind of weird how we see each other and learn from each other and everybody in our life that we come across
1: yeah which when it comes to that you know it always comes down to how we see ourselves is the person you look at in the mirror the same person the world sees you at and that all comes down to perception and being able to decode the world around you it all it comes to a frame of mind referencing the the environment around you and Mm -hmm. and understand social clues and and subcultures of the world as you engage through it when I look in the mirror I I see myself I'm a little bit fatter than I used to be you know I've put on like 50 pounds in the last 10 years you know but know. I know I'm strong I can take on anything I always break stuff down so I see myself as analytical Driven to, to find another challenge because like every challenge I find, I I break it down to little tasks and then before I know it, that challenge is done. And I I can't find something that's actually hard that breaks me down as a person more than that time where I was in the military and had nothing but but the people standing next to me and they they rose me back up. So how do I see me? You know, it comes down to. Like I said, I'm driven. I'm, I'm confident. Uh, there's nothing in the world that can stop me. But when my wife sees me, she sees somebody that's always going to be there. Uh, I'm going to take care of the family. I'm strong. I'm independent. Uh, I'm very loving. But I know the deeper part of me is depressed. And I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my next step is. So I'm, I'm always looking for... How do I better myself? How do I better my family without putting us at risk?
0: She just kind of sees that rock. Yeah. It's kind of like the same with me. Like, I got this fast-paced relationship, and I'm 25, and she's 25, so it's like we're both adults at this point. We know what we want. We agreed on it, and, you know, same thing. Like, all she sees is this rock, and it's like I see myself similar, but... You know, it's not what you look in the mirror at, and if they're standing next to you, you know it's, you're looking at it, it's, it's almost like you know to act a little different, like those social clues like you talked about, it's like, I'm not going to frown like if I were looking at the mirror myself, like now I'm smiling because I'm with this person.
1: Yeah, and with the past that I've had, I, you know, John's told me about some of his, his past with addiction, and
0: yep, I did and a I've couple. Also talked about here on it, so yeah. don't
1: feel free to <clears> shut down. Yeah, I I did a couple years on meth. I smoked, did acid, and all that. Growing up in Las Vegas, everything's pretty easy to find. So I dove to the the lowest point people can get to, to the point where you know I had really nowhere to go, and I didn't want to ask my family for help. So I struggled. That's the worst part. Um, I didn't eat for days at a time because I could spend twenty bucks on meth, or I can buy you know a, some food, and I always chose to get high instead. So I'm. It's, I was always working, but that money went to what I was getting. Yeah. So I'm constantly <laughs> running away from that past. I can't go back. I can't be broke. I always have to have money in my pocket. I I can't get furniture off the street, you know, go see like, oh, that's a, a yard sale. To me, I'm I'm stepping back and I can't mm-hmm. it's all about progress with me. So
0: no matter what, I have to move forward from that last stepping stone. I've always used like my fuck-ups in life, and I've said, this is my stepping stone. Like, tomorrow I'm going to improve, or like, this next year is going to be an improvement for where I am now.
1: Right. Yeah, Yeah, so, there's me running away from my past. I I have to have new furniture. I go buy it from the store. It has to be a brand new TV. Mm -hmm. Fresh out of the box. It has to be a brand new car, because nobody's ever been in it before, and every time I go to a yard sale or a pawn shop and there's like there's a nice TV but I feel like I'm stepping back or I'm enabling somebody else to be able to go do the things I used to do. So you know with me running away from it everyone around me sees me as uppity or I'm uptight or I have to have the newest everything. It's it's like deep down inside of me I don't want to be that old person where anything I can get my hands on it's, it's what I had in my house. It was full of stuff I never even bought. But I had a house full of furniture and everyone was doing drugs on them. So, it, I guess, you know, some people around me have criticized me a little bit. It's like, why why do you have to have a brand new mop when there's a perfectly used one in the corner? It's like, well, that one's dirty and I don't want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not uppity. I'm not stuck up. I'm just trying to escape who I was. Ooh, phone. but yeah I mean there's a lot of conflict that comes from that too a lot of friendships break up because because my personal I don't know I always feel like I have to progress and when I take a step back I get get uncomfortable with it because I don't want to be that person anymore
0: and I feel like people hate that it's like somebody gets so close to you and then you start progressing and they see that whether you step back or not they see it and they just can't there's, I don't know how to say if they're not ready or if they don't care, whatever it is, but it's like, they just don't perceive the progression you're ready for and they're just like, fuck it.
1: Yeah, and I don't mean to insult people, you know? No, it's but, definitely not to be like that. Uh, how do you explain that I'm not, I'm not ready to step back? So it, it creates a lot of, mm-hmm. I guess a false image of yourself that you're reflecting to the world. Right. And though I see myself as, you know, capable of moving on past that, I think a lot of people isolate themselves from me because, you know, I'm snooty. I'd be called bougie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, this is kind of why, like, I obviously live for, like, the memories and, like, what am I building every day and stuff like that. And obviously we all think about, like, on our deathbed in the long run, you know, what is our story that's going to be told? But these past, like, few months, I've also been thinking, like, in 20, 30 years, I do want to write that, write that autobiography where it's like, this is how, this is me in the mirror. This is my story. This is what people from the world have seen me. This is my perception on how they've seen me and taken that. Because no matter what anybody writes about you, no matter what your family puts on your tombstone, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, not every person out there has that. You don't have to be a great author to put it out there. And it doesn't have to be a million-dollar book. I just feel like putting it out there is like, you should put your story. There should be something out there where it's like, this is me. Nobody's taking it.
1: Speaking of that, I'm actually in two books. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, one is See You on the High Ground, written by Len Sadler. It's a story about a Medal of Honor recipient, Jared Monty, And, um his time in Afghanistan who he was and you know, he was a pretty great person but uh, I'm I'm one of the chapters and it shows how I messed up while driving I became impatient and drove too fast down a road that was too narrow with a truck that was too heavy I ended up rolling down the side of the hill and messing up my back and my neck and you were actually in that. yeah wow yeah I was the driver it was all my okay. fault I uh, through that I I had to learn patience because ever since then I've always been in pain from it. Yep. I actually had to leave the military because of my back and neck pain, uh, some memory problems that came from it. But and it's you know. funny because like
0: not to jump ahead of topics or anything, but we talk about like next is like how do we see us, and we kind of touched a bit about that, and then how we see the world. When you think about I've watched a little bit on uh, Kevin Hart and his autobiography, and you had a major back injury. From the military, that made you learn patience and step back and realize, kind of like you said when it's your intro, like now you're chipping away at who you want to be and who are you. Yeah. Kevin Hart talks about that too, and it's like he had a car crash that he was in, messed up his back, had to go through months of rehabilitation. And even though that's not crazy, you know, you're out there for the country, it's still like that comparison where it's like something similar. In a different aspect it's, Both woke you guys up And he had to slow down And take time with his family And yeah. build out himself
1: The challenge That really breaks us down As a human being And mm-hmm. it finds out Just the raw emotion That lies behind your success Or your, yeah. or your pride
0: Because you have nothing in that after, Well, in the moment after that and Building back to You know, being able to walk And stand up with me And show me the moves, you know Like, there was a point where after that exit you couldn't walk for probably how long?
1: Oh no, I was just in shock from that. Late on the, the start Oh of shit! The yeah, so I, you just my legs were slung over, and there was no pain, but I couldn't move my legs. And then there was a pop in my back, and then my legs kicked, and I felt all of the pain in the giant rush. Just it was overwhelming, and I I remember it took my breath away. I was thinking, Oh my God, this is unbelievable! I can't believe I did this to myself. But everyone was alive and I had to have help walking. I couldn't keep the, my own weight on my feet right. and they laid me down and, and uh, told me to take my body water off like, off. No, no kidding. but yeah I've had problems with them. just my muscles giving out in my legs and not standing up straight. Spasms and it turns out I had a couple of bulging discs and f- fractured discs herniated discs my or nerve damage in my hands and my feet and uh, yeah i was only like a month into my deployment and i still went another 15 months just pushing it as hard as i could like all right just i can't give up because you know i'll let everyone down but jesus christ I, i there were times i'd pass out from the pain and i'd wake up and there'd be pain pills laying next to me from the medic like, oh, thank God. <laughs> just, yeah. I know. And then pop back up and get the it, huh? Yeah, just go. <laughs> well, I'd be up on the OPs. I know I'm going to be there for a couple weeks, and they'd be there with me. Like, hey, my back is spasming, and I can't stand up straight, and it hurts to breathe. Can you help me out? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Take this white one. Take this blue one. Take this. <laughs> eat <these> Skittles. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. And then, like, I, God never want to repeat that but yeah how the world sees us you know I was hurt in pain and I was looking for help and how I saw myself like I was hoping one day I would heal and the, the pain would go away but it, it never really did and how I saw the world was nobody believed me and I kept telling them I
0: still kind of feel like that yeah still it's like always Like the world is the way I personally see the world it's like it's like a dark closet with that monster you never want to face because every time you step out into it it's like somebody's got this big book of you already you know like that autobiography we want to write but they've already flipped the script like the world to me is just it's like a jungle gym in a sense like yeah You run out there and, like, you might bump into some kids, but then you got the older bully all the time in the corner. You know, you got the teachers that think they know and everything, like... Yeah. And they never want to see how you see yourself. And I don't, you know, it's not about changing their opinion or anything. It's just about, like, how do you see the world? And some people don't want to know that.
1: Yeah, I see it as, like finely tuned machine the world keeps turning no matter what people are yep. born people die not a lot of people leave a legacy behind with that you know but everyone runs at their own speed so you know everyone's got their own gear you got the people that are rabbits that take off you know they that have they're, everything they're at the starting line and they're really good at getting off the starting line their first gear but you know they don't know how to go into second they don't know how to pop into third they can't um, finish you have the slower people who are determined and meticulous in their efforts and, and getting stuff through. People get mad because they overthink, they overwork, they have hard deadlines, that they have hard times, you know, they you're have like hard time are only 25, fixing.
0: why are you doing all this? Or you're only this
1: age, yeah, yeah. why are you chasing so much? But he finishes. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy that with a strong start, he doesn't finish, and well, what's the point of having him around if he looks good on paper and everyone wants him but you know the, Crash the turtle part. beat the hair on yeah. that race but what are you gonna do about it you gotta figure out how to shift gears
0: I think that's kind of where like maybe it stuck this like last week this came down to it's like now you see the rat race how do you win it how do you kind of because I feel like we're all kind of capable of that legacy that you talked about. You know, we can win this race. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, I know I'm not a strong starter, but I'm a finisher. And when I found my wife, she was the one that, that helped me finish everything. I, I could start a project and finish it perfect. She's a starter. I'm a finisher. Together, we work as a power couple. and There's right. nothing that stands in between us and the goal. If, you know, I know a lot about a lot... She she's an expert on everything she knows. So together. maybe that's why I
0: should start stepping back and doing my relationship. She's
1: just like yeah yeah. Crystal's definitely in first gear. She can take off and that's... Do Stephanie. And mm-hmm. I come up behind when she starts getting tired or, or worn out because the process is just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I'm there to take us across the line, but I'm never walking alone. I take her with me. Right. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's just. Well, the second book. You know, it. This comes down to how the world sees us too. The second book, I mean, is my platoon in Afghanistan was recorded in the Outpost by Jake Tapper, and it was adapted into a movie. What you're informing me about when we first met. Yeah. And it's a, it's a beautifully done book. It was well informative and well written. And, and he went into detail and, and took his time to really get to know the people behind the story of a base in Afghanistan being overrun by insurgents. And, and, and uh, he sees us as heroes, but... We were just everyday people in an extraordinary circumstance just trying to survive, just waiting yeah. for that ticket home. <laughs> you know, the, the only way to do it is to do those, you know, what would people would see as extraordinary feats, but when you're in the moment, you're just, you're there and you're you're staring back at somebody who definitely doesn't like you or doesn't want you there, whatever their motivation is. So I see them as my enemy and they're trying to kill me. So what am you know, am I just going to let them do it or am I going to stand up against them? You know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it's just a survival tale, but it's turned into this phenomenon that's now around the globe. Everyone knows about Camp Keating in Afghanistan. If you don't, you can find it on Netflix.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get a little plug in there. Free advertising.
1: Yeah. It's a great movie. Um, yeah. It comes down to. But I
0: love military movies. Uh, I still haven't watched it. I need to. probably will tonight. You didn't watch it? and been <laughs> fucking busy doing everything up and running she doesn't want to watch it but we'll definitely get it in here soon one of these days but
1: you know it's uh, yeah when you're there I mean it's absolutely beautiful country everywhere I looked I was in the northern part of Afghanistan so we had the Hindu Kush I've mountains. heard like
0: as shocking as you know military stories are and movies make it's still something to be kind of golfed about you know if mm, so you go to the right places, yeah, it's just like
1: any part of the world. The South was the desert, and it was, yeah, it was barren. I think after a while it would wear you down. It's like it's always brown, it's always ugly. There's nothing to do. And where I was, it was just massive trees. It reminded me of like Alaska or the middle of nowhere Colorado. What? We had these giant river valleys and these giant mountains, and you're standing at the bottom of a mountain looking up as far as your neck would arch up like I have to walk that until I'm at the top I hate my life man <laughs> I should have done that. I think for good pictures though <laughs> yeah they're beautiful beautiful pictures but you you start learning if I dig down deeper I could just keep going forward no matter how much it hurts you know how much my body wants to give out I know I have another step because I don't have a choice and I think that's where I learned my drive is no matter how far I go I have more to go I mean
0: I'm not gonna lie that's you know I got my personal drive from not being in the military but even at a young age before I still don't understand like military ranks and stuff like that because I've always just been so in tune to like watching sniper stuff and navy and they all have this drive in every rank I feel like every branch and it's like you're, there's a quote, I can't remember the exact quote or who made it, and I'm terrible at this, but it's something about, I think the army talks about it, it's like you have 70% where it's like mental, where your body eventually is like at that point where it's like I'm done, but then you have 14 to 20% after that where your body still had max capacity. I've heard something like that. It's, you know, and I don't want to put the exact numbers in there, but it's like, mentally you always want to give up way for or way before your body actually
1: needs to. Yeah, I remember basic training. They're just running us, you know, yeah. standard story. <laughs> you know, they're telling us your body can do 10% more than your mind t- tells you it can. That's what it is, yeah. So if you run until you pass out, you get total respect for it because you pushed yourself beyond that limit. Mm-hmm. But if you give up, you're giving up on yourself. You're giving up on the people around you that are motivating you to go. You're giving up on the people before you that set it up so that you had the opportunity to go. You're, just, you're not letting yourself down alone. It's, it's every direction, and it cascades through it like throwing a stone into a lake. it. And it's crazy it. how
0: like that military mindsets comes about from that. But you look at everyday people and like they don't care at all. Like I'm gonna let myself down, and you know I know this could affect this person. They're literally, I feel like. 'Cause I've been that person before I watched these videos and understood it and wanted to know what that quote was and researched it and you know, I've put the research into to body and how it actually can get more than a mind and the mind is weak when you think about your thoughts, but every other aspect of the mind is very strong.
1: So that's like how do we see us? We're mm-hmm. our own biggest critic. Right. Right. Yeah nobody can tear me down like I can tear myself down.
0: And that's what I tell everybody. Like, somebody comes up to me at work and they're like, Oh, that, that wasn't that bad. I've dropped a tray twice. That was your first time. It's like, yeah, I know. And I'm going to get through this shit fine. I'm freaking out because when I get home, when I'm alone, I'm going to be freaking out then. You know, I'm going to be thinking all night about that tray I dropped on this table. And I'm bringing that exact point up because I still forgot. It causes me nightmares since then. Because like you just said, I'm my own self-critic and Yeah. I'm going to beat myself up every day about that because I don't want to drop another trade.
1: Yeah, and I'm searching for a job right now and not a lot of stuff's coming up as something I'd really love to do. Mm-hmm. So I find these opportunities like program manager or or something similar, it's always come to like a management position. Yeah, like, I know I fit, I know how to delegate authority and get projects done on time. I've got... You know a sharpened, sharpened tools a whole box of just instruments I can use right. that I've learned throughout time and every time I work I excel at it I get bonuses I get yep. recognition from the bosses I get hunted down by recruiters <laughs> saying they'll pay me more and offer me better benefits if I just switch over but I'm always about loyalty to the company because I feel like maybe if I told them there's a company they're offering like two dollars more per hour or yeah, a sign-on bonus of $10,000 if I just leave right now, like, I'll get more recognition, I'll get more potential growth within the right. company itself. And it usually works out pretty well, i get, mm-hmm. I do decent, but every time I look at a new job, cause now that I've been unemployed for a while, you know, since March, since the coronavirus kicked in, and everything shut down, like, well, I don't know if I could do that job, because I... I've never been in the office. I don't know how the people work. I don't think they'll like me. Right? You know, and there are times where my brain resets and I forget everything I've done for the day, and I can't tell you what's going on. And maybe I'm going to be too aggressive in the office for them, and I, I break myself down into not feeling like I'm worth that job, and it, it kicks in my depression, and the world goes from a vibrant, op- well, vibrant opportunity for growth and and potential to slamming the door on myself while I'm going down the hallway, kind of. Yep. So you know, the world sees me as as going halfway but not really accepting any position because I don't feel like I'm worth it, but I'm also trying to climb up the ladder and get more than, than what they're offering. Right. So, you know, how does the world see me? And you know, I'm going halfway and how do I see the world? It, I don't know. It, it becomes complicated. How do you explain your own worst enemy to yourself?
0: <laughs> that's everyday fucking battle. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's... I mean, I try to tell people, and I might have said it on here, but I don't think I've really gotten into it, but it's like, I don't wake up every day, and I'm not just happy-go-lucky. It's moments throughout the day, every day, that I have to remember these moments, and I have to remember that I... Used to be this super angry, unorganized, ADHD, freak the fuck out person, and now I can wake up, realize who I am, what I was, and be like, okay, I'm gonna step back, and now I'm happy. Like, it's not just, you know, like you said, you're walking down this hallway and you slam the door on yourself. It's not like every day you just open up and it's bright sun. Like, sometimes you gotta kick the fucking door down, sometimes you might just have to twist the knob, sometimes you gotta pick the lock about to climb through the window and open the door to see the sun like it's yeah it's a fucking battle
1: it is but it's always about taking the next step anyway if you close the door and you stand there and cry about it yeah. you're know, never gonna do anything as long, your long as you're knocking some
0: glass or trying to find the crack
1: yeah there's a lot of times I didn't take what I was doing seriously and what I really should have <laughs> you know. I can
0: yeah I can relate to that one
1: and, and that closed a lot of opportunities I had especially with the military There's there was a long point where me and a couple guys that were in charge of me were just butting heads we had opposite personalities we, set, we had different goals in life and well, there's one guy he's going to go nameless <laughs> but uh he and I would butt heads every single day and he was just one little rank above me and uh yeah, did you stayed. end up Ranking above him No Okay That was the so scariest. The same rank as him And then I okay. got out We both ended up sergeants He stayed in And I got out But He started treating me Like a child Like did you brush Your teeth today <laughs> And I was like Yeah I brushed my teeth today I took a shower Last night too <laughs> And then he's, Yeah it's like He wanted to micromanage My entire day So I got to the point like okay So I good knock On mm-hmm. his door Like can I take a shower? Do you mind? Like, what are you talking about? So, I started acting like a little kid. Like, you mind if I take a shower? Because, you know, I wanted to make sure that you understood that I really needed to, but I also wanted you to know that I have the opportunity to right now in this time frame. And then afterwards, I'd like to go to the dining facility. Would it be okay if I got some ice cream afterwards? <laughs> God. He and I just went back and forth all the time. Oh my God. We, we never ended up fighting. I think that would have cleared up a lot of You know, testosterone, some of that (laughs) douchebaggery, personality. Right. To you know, I often think like with this topic, who do you think you are? Like he was the boss. He, in his mind, he was the alpha that everyone could rely on. And then I saw him as a drunk that would get in fights and poop himself like all the time. (laughs) It's like, you're not ready for any kind of responsibility. And it's
0: funny, too, when you talk about that, because it's like, you just mentioned how you've seen him and how he probably seen himself, but, like, how many people were, like, children, like, and coming to him, like, how do I do this? Can I do this? And it's like,
1: oh yeah, you probably
0: never even thought, yeah, like. That makes sense. And he, because he's top dog and all these little pipsqueaks that don't push themselves come in and they're like is it time to do this and fuck
1: up and he's got to yell at him? You know, it's like... Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to go out of my way to make him mad too. <laughs> so, I used to sit there and think of things that would just Driving. drive him over the edge just just because I thought it was hilarious but that was the time of my life I didn't take anything seriously when I really should have. Right. But, you know, live and learn. I survived.
0: Um, I think that's the biggest thing to take out of this whole perception thing it's like at the end of the day you're gonna live in there you're gonna sit back and perceive yourself how you want to tomorrow's another day of facing the world and how they perceive
1: you and how we perceive us yeah every once in a while like once or twice a year I still look them up on LinkedIn I'm like F this guy you fucking are you freaking loser I hate you so much (laughs) and I think why did I just do that I spent time in my life Hating on this guy That he'll never know I did it At all it, it doesn't matter Right And that adds up Yeah In my own world It gave me a slight Satisfaction But all I really did <laughs> Is get mad about it And remember all These feelings of Man I really hate This dude It's like, why did I do that? But really, I just check in, like, am I still doing better than him? (laughs) I'm unemployed, but I'm still better than him. (laughs) That's what it's about. But I spend way too much energy on that. And I I know I do. I'm I'm trying to fix it, but... You know, nobody's perfect. Baby steps. That's that's what it is right there. Yeah, and then it comes to the perception. Your your reality. What are you going to make of your reality? 31 minutes in whoop, whoop. we can still go or we can let's keep going with it. Okay. right
0: yeah
1: what were you about to go into oh who knows <laughs> you said
0: something about perceiving reality
1: yeah how do you perceive reality how do you decode the environment around you I. Like, there are people like, I could totally totally relate to this there are people that walk around thinking that they've already died, and they're living out a fantasy within their rea- within their mind as they're dying, or as an afterlife, like an alternative universe. They're living the life they wanted to, but we'll never have the chance to. You know what I'm saying? And they're constantly like chasing, like that moment of death where, you know, I think it's MRIs. People are MRIs at the moment of death. And there's an unknown flash of light it goes off and it's gone and then you're, you go into cellular death in your mind
0: mm-hmm.
1: right maybe that flash of light is people entering that alternative like universe and they're living out an entire life the way they wanted to do it it gives the brain satisfaction unless the body you know die on it's own terms kind of or I guess the, the soul is, continu- is having a continuation of, of what it expected in life but and, the body has gone yeah And I think there are times in my life where I definitely, without a doubt, should have died, but didn't. And now I keep having all this good karma. It's like, I need a place to live. It falls into my my lap. Oh, my my truck just broke down. I have no money to fix it. I open up my bank account. There's a thousand dollars sitting there. I go, okay, let's do that then. You know, I'm absolutely alone and depressed and nobody's talked to me in weeks. And then a friend that, you know, I forgot even existed, knocks on my door. I'm like, oh, yeah, you. You know? It's like, why does all this good stuff happen all the time? Am I in one of those moments I've read about where people are living their, the life that they want? And that's why only good things keep happening. I've never really thought about something like that. Yeah, think about how many people's faces you forgot. And you'll never see them again. A lot. Right? You know, their best friends. You know, you know them as your best friends, and but you don't think that might also
0: come down to like you becoming so close. Because I also, I mean, I agree that that definitely is one hundred percent a thing. But I feel like because there's a spectrum to everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like now I'm kind of curious. Like, you think there's those people where they think they're living that? Like you think you're? You said you can relate to people, right? Yeah, I can understand that. Do you think they are? Do you think that you kind of are living that?
1: I understand the train of thought and I think like there's I think it exists because people want it to exist okay. and in some ways I kind of want it to because even if I'm not at the end of life point where I'm experiencing what I want to experience in life I would hope at the end there's something like that where we get to live it all again and we're in a constant rotation and that's why deja vu keeps popping up it's it's, I've done this before, I know it's wrong, I need to go the other route. Because I it, could see that. It would have been a better solution for what we've done before, you know? That also
0: comes down to, like, whether it's rebirthing or, like, reliving, you're, you gotta constantly find those positives, you gotta constantly, yeah.
1: you know? Like, when you meet somebody who's your best friend, just right off the bat, you click like you've known each other yeah. forever. It's like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, and you're on the same wavelength. You like the same things, and it's like, this is, what are the odds? You know, what are the odds? Yeah, you kind of really question
0: that. Yeah, and I've I've always loved odds because like, something I always tell people is like, if you look at any item in a room that you're in, and this is a scientific effect, any item in this room, there's more of it produced than you. Yeah. Like that picture of my nephew. There's like three of those. There's only one of me. That speaker came from a factory. There's thousands of them. There's only one of me and you. Those flowers. There's a whole shit ton of flowers like those, but there's only me and you.
1: You know? There's only one Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Only one Donald...
0: (coughs) So, it's like... So, where are you getting to? You kind of are always reliving, I feel like, because of that. Because... Like you said, your soul resets or it's like doing what it wants. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of It's like you have the opportunity
1: to live a different mm-hmm. life, but in the same way.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's why you th- that's why I love odds, because it reminds me that I'm living this. I'm got the opportunity now to do what I want.
1: Now, was it Socrates? Um, And one of the Greek thinkers. Could have been. One of the big names way back in the day. He grabbed a slave at random and said, All information has to be remembered. Nothing new was learned. Right? And he taught this slave math by making him remember how to do it, not teaching him the concepts or of mathematics and literature and you know if he could do that with a slave just chosen at random what's to say that there's not a theory out there that can either prove or disprove this because you know no matter what scientific approach you can take there's going to be evidence for and against and nothing can really be shut down true I mean there are constants that are often proven you know there is gravity. There yeah. is an end of a life.
0: That reminds me of this person I used to talk to when I used to stream on Meet Me. And yeah, every time I fucking would battle this dude or whatever verse, him, we'd always come to this talk and he's like, why do you always question everything? Because we as humans now will never know everything and we as humans in a billion years, years will never never know everything. And I was like, well, not with that fucking mindset. right? You know? Because, like, I don't know. I've always... Like you said, you can just remember something. I can just learn so much. You don't have to teach it. You just have to experience it.
1: You wonder if the vibes that you pick off of someone or... What it is. It's like a resonating frequency that's coming Mm -hmm. from from Some alternative decision you've made. Right. This guy's definitely gonna rob me. Or this guy's definitely the coolest dude I've ever Mm -hmm. met. Or like... When I got out of the military, you know, after I left New York, I went to Wisconsin. I made myself a really good life there, and and things were working out, but I kept having this feeling, I have to go to Las Vegas. Just, I have to go. I have to pack up my stuff and go now. So I gave in. I left on my payday. I drove all the way to Las Vegas. Um, I only stopped once in Colorado to sleep. And I arrived. I met my wife. We went out on our first date, and she's just never gone home since. Now we have four kids. You know, we align perfectly. She likes the same food I like and and everything. it was as I got into town, her and I hooked up and just never left each other's side since then. And now, you know, she wore the yin and yang. I got that tattooed on me. Yeah, so you would understand. So people... You know their their perception. People saw two people run into each other for a quick hookup, and then God, what was it like? Two months later, we moved in together, and then a year later, we were married, and now we've been together for ten years with four kids. We never fight. We never. I mean, we bicker back and forth about stupid right. stuff. Right. No. No
0: relationship, just like no human is perfect.
1: Yeah. We're not perfect. She farts in her sleep. You know. She burps when I go to kiss her. (laughs) You better not kiss my wife. I drop kick No, I'm talking about my girl. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta. I didn't read that right. Yeah. I knew. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody's everyone kept telling, "Don't rush in." It's a brand new relationship. They perceived, yeah, they. Yeah, and then I saw as no, like no, we really click. Like (laughs) she knows what I want when I want it. I don't have to argue with her I just have to mention like hey you know what I would like and she jumps in steak and then she'd go and cook a steak I'm like heck yeah and then she'd clean up the mess is. I'm like damn yeah <laughs> and
0: that's know.
1: what's great about like I love fucking
0: cleaning like I'm a meticulous person I love cleaning the house every day and you know I met my chick at work and we just she resented me she fucking hated me for a long time everything annoyed her at work but then she got to know me outside of work and she's like Even though you made me chocolate milk every day at work, you're cool outside of work. Even though you annoyed me every other fucking time besides that chocolate milk, and it's like now I she cooks all the food I like. I just gotta clean.
1: Yeah, you know when it works, it works.
0: She's got two kids and I lost mine, and just falls into place. It's like that last puzzle piece. Just
1: yeah. Yeah, my wife knows what I want before I even know what I want. It. She's just standing there waiting with it. And even when I resisted, like, no, I don't want to do whatever. I think it's going to be stupid. I don't want to go I don't want to go to the park. It's not going to be fun. Right. And she's like, shut up and get in the truck. And we take off, go to the park, I had the best time of my life, and I got to drive home and pretend like I'm mad. And, uh, it was stupid. I or like
0: how we're introverts, <laughs> but... Let's be honest. Both our girls are a little extroverted and
1: constantly push us to meet new people. My wife's an introvert, but she forces herself to meet new people. And when she finds, like, the friend, that's who she bonds to.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely glad that Stephanie and Crystal have met.
1: Yeah, so... Like, even the neighborhood we moved into, like, I moved up here two months ago? Yeah, two months ago. Mm -hmm. And all everyone knew was relative down the road who's a bit of a um loony wild yeah, well, yeah i don't want to say anything bad yeah. or mean but i
0: hate i mean i know it's her family but it's funny because i'd never met her and knew anything and just like from what i heard i was like god she seems crazy yeah. and then i met you and you're like i don't really like my sister much <laughs> and i was like okay so i'm glad i haven't really met her yet
1: cool yeah yeah, and then everyone around us they just have bad things to say about her. And I'm just like, well, you know... Coming back to how do we perceive the world or yeah. how people perceive
0: themselves. I yeah. mean, you know her best, like... I don't know her that well. Well, you know, not to put anybody out there, you think she views herself as such a bad person? or
1: No, I... The way I see her is always in motion she's trying to figure something out like who she is or who she belongs to she's got something lacking inside of her and and, but once she figures out who she is I think she'd be able to progress forward but it's like every step I've seen her take forward she would take two steps back or two steps back and be like oh it's it's somebody else's fault or somebody else stopped me or I was that way for a long time
0: I mean I wasn't crazy about anything but like at a young age I always was like blaming everybody and then I became like an older teenager and young adult I was like even now I'm a young adult I'm only 25 but yeah. I used to getting rid of that blame on the world and being able to like take ownership of mistakes and learn from them and like stepping stones in life which we have brought up earlier it's like that kind of makes you be able to progress like your sister will hopefully one day
1: yeah I hope she finds success yeah I don't want right. people to nobody to struggle
0: I mean I feel like And this is why I love what my Enlightenment podcast is going to bring about. Because it's kind of what this is about. It's like, me and nobody I bring on here, like, I just want to make positivity for the world. I want people to learn. I want people to learn from me, your past, anybody I bring on here. And we don't want that. We want people to gently grow from this. Maybe and a year this podcast kind of blows up and somehow she hears about it from her kids or something and happens to fucking go back and listen to them you know the world's an amazing thing I doubt it it happened but little shit like that happens and that's what it's about like hopefully she does progress one day and that's what we want you know that's yeah it is that little thing where like maybe you can niche these little messages or something probably won't work but
1: you hope for the best, plan for the worst yep, Man, that's that's what I kind of moved here thinking because you know, I moved from Arizona to Sioux City to meet my family, I get along with everybody you know, except her because there's a big falling out but I don't wish harm or, or bad luck on her, I just right. I want her to progress but the stories I hear from the neighbors and like the entire community <laughs> there are stores I go into and <laughs> they know who she is and I'm like oh my god that's a yeah that's not I have a to privilege exp... you want I have to explain myself like kind of defend myself and it's weird because how did do... yeah like what is the end goal for negative behavior what are you what are you trying to accomplish are you, are you setting up defenses for yourself so that nobody can hurt you and at the same time hurt yourself because, you know, again, you become your, your biggest enemy and yep. you're crushing your, your own dreams and aspirations, but at what point can you let go of all that and... How blinded excel. can you be, you know? It's like, when do you rip that blindfold off, I feel like. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've chosen that the best thing for my wife and my family is to not talk to her but i talk to my dad my brother my you know if her kids want to come over and see us i'm a hundred percent for that i would love for her kids to come over and hang out with mine and get to know each other or at least come talk to me because i moved all this way just for them but please don't bring negativity and don't drag me down with you yeah
0: that's like me and my older sister she lives in georgia where my grandma lives and Every time I talk to my grandma, you know, she's doing bad, she lost her kid, you know. And Jay, was, I feel horrible about this because I'm not really close to her or him, but, uh, God, this is bad. Anyways, my nephew of mine that I don't know his name, he, you know, I don't wish any harm about him, but I want to meet him and know his name and really get to be a part of his family, but I don't want to put myself in any kind of negative pool when it's not direct family. It's not something I need to relate to. Yeah. Till he's older, especially I think it's... Grayson, that's his name. He's only like two, three. It's like I can't step into his life and be like, "This is who I am." When that sister of my older three sisters literally never has contacted us or been a part of our family much. Like we've seen her for a few holidays, and that's about it. Like,
1: well, try sending her a message if that's what you you want to be involved in, and say, "Hey." Right. A lot's well, gone. She's on. not
0: even in her custody, is the thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why do I need to contact her?
1: I don't know. I mean, we we all have decisions to make whether sometimes they're kinda of sucky and you gotta bite the bullet. True. You know, I've I've eaten Crow a time or two. <laughs> you know. We all have, you just gotta swallow your pride and be like, it's not worth it. You know, don't don't get hit over something that healed. Don't get hurt over something that heals True you know, Your pride isn't what makes you It's the actions and how people see you well, What kind of mark are you leaving on the world Like Some of the things I hear You know not just In this neighborhood but there are a lot of people around here That just drag down everybody around them Because that's what That's what makes them feel better as a person But I've never understood that Yeah you know, what's the end goal I like to bring people up around me. If I'm succeeding, I'm going to try, to make, try and make it so you're succeeding. Because yeah. I don't want anybody to be envious of what I have, or I don't want right. to feel envious of what you have. I, if I help get you a good position and you end up you know, way more successful than me in every way imaginable, well, I'm not going to stand there with my hand out, but I'm going to be like, hey, invite me over for a barbecue. Right. You That's
0: know? actually kind of like something I read on Facebook. Uh, yesterday actually and it was like this quote talking about you know this mom asking or this kid asking why we never look in you know somebody else's bowl and his mom's like the only reason you should ever look in somebody else's bowl is not to want what they have or because he wanted what somebody else had that's what it was and she was like you never should look into somebody else's bowl for what they have you should only look into someone's bowl to see if they have enough to eat Yeah, you know it's like you're getting what you got, and as long as they're looking out for you and you're looking out for them, it shouldn't matter what they want or what you want from them. It. It's like good gets good, bad gets bad,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know, some, I know some people right now that could use help every once in a while. So, whenever we go out to eat, we usually tip pretty decent. Actually, that's how I met you. I bribed you to be my friend. Yeah. Well, I knew you a little <laughs> bit before that, but that definitely was part of it. Did you? I thought I met you at your work. I think you were on my server first. Did I see? I think you were my server, but I knew your girlfriend. And then I met you after the shift.
0: Oh yeah, because I had met Crystal, but I haven't met you yet. Right. Because I went over to the Pussy Den. You weren't out there at the time.
1: The Pussy Den is our garage that has cats in it. (laughs) Not
0: not a German glory hole or anything like that in the neighborhood. Yeah. That's a good correction. I'm glad you... (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a brothel
0: but yeah there's some piss pissing pan outside
1: <laughs> it's right next to the waste treatment facility can't miss it it smells like you would imagine and you can feel the steam
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's something never had that before we
0: got the good poop sponges like the uh, Romans Hell
1: yeah
0: alright so that's gonna end this episode of enlightened on what do you uh, or who do you think you are you know and how do you perceive yourself the question we want to leave you guys with today is what mark do you want to leave how do you perceive the world and you know are you going to let the door shut in yourself or are you going to walk out of it and challenge yourself so you guys have a great evening thank you for coming by